The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Und was der Fichtel uns jetzt gleich sagen wird, das werden wir uns anhören mit von der Party die Woodies. regrettably interrupt fishing with guns with this special news bulletin. Right. Boompa, loompa, doompa, daddy. If you are wise, you listen to Kevin Gassman. A giant hairy creature, part ape. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, your pregame announcer, your pop singing sensation, Gashman. Gashman. One of the carbon blobs from Sector 7G. Some people have said that you're retarded, not me. Just uh, my co-hostess. <laughs> What's up, Dave? Howdy. I'm glad to be here, man. <laughs> I'm glad to be back, man. This is cool. Back on VoiceAmerica.com Saturdays, going global with gas. Global with gas. I like man. It's got to get a ring to it. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to restarting up the show. It's going to be every Saturday at 2 to 4 p.m. on the Pacific time zone as we broadcast from an undisclosed location somewhere in Phoenix, Arizona on the mountain time zone for the moment. But uh, my name is Kevin Gassman. Of course, you can call me Gas. It's all good. And my guest for this first hour is Dave Wisniewski from San Safer Arizona, Safer AZ, Safer Arizona, wait, what is it? It's saferarizona.com. That's what it is. But yeah. on Facebook, it's slash Safer AZ. That's what gets me out. The, both of those right there. But yeah. we're going to be getting into the marijuana law here in Arizona. And you are actually writing a new one, and that might be even submitted. Has it already submitted? Uh, we're going to submit our initiative in about a week and a half. Nice. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the current laws and other, I guess, uh, legislation that's might, that might be moved to help the the cannabis movement here in Arizona. Yeah, there's as some well. good stuff out there. There's some bad stuff out there. So it's up to us to stay vigilant and uh, react when we need to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation, man. So uh, also, this hour is going to be we'll, we'll play little games as well. I got a little drug code for you. Maybe a little porno music or not before we get out of here. Nice. But at three o'clock is when things are going to change because that's when we're going to go into aliens with gas. That's the extraterrestrial rock show. It's been on the air here in Phoenix for uh, almost a couple years, and we're moving in here to, to the Voice America Network as we'll be doing some live interaction with you guys out there, and then we're going to air it the next night on the radio, and then it'll be podcast available for you guys on Monday. So Aliens with Gas is, is going to be a live entity every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific time right here on the voiceamerica.com variety channel here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. All right, well, I'm excited, man, but uh, I almost had a big crash down because I bought a computer the other night, and I'm, like, downloading all these cool little audio programs that I want to get a little program on my computer for instant plays. Like, uh, it's called a Hotkeys. All right. Yeah, I'm, for, I'm sure you're familiar with this. You're a technical guy. So I wanted to download it, and then next day, I, this morning, actually, I went to turn on my computer, and the sound wasn't working. I'm like, what's going on, man? I'm like, I just created all my, my new elements for the show, and... <laughs> 
I'm like, I can't get it on my computer. It's not, it's not sounding right. Uh-oh. So I had to restart my computer. A system restore is what I did. I'm like, I literally just bought this two days ago. So I'm system restoring this thing. And then an error comes up. We cannot fix your computer. Please call this number. Sounds like a catastrophe, man. <laughs> I was about losing my hair, dude. It was crazy. And finally, it came back on. So, so we're all good now. We're all good. I'm okay. excited. Yeah. So we're going to be jamming some tunes as well. And these uh, bands will be from all over the country. And we do go international. So if anybody out there listening, which I, I remember when I was doing the show, Dave, I was getting about, uh, about three or 400 people a week listening in. All right. And uh, we're getting a couple thousand accessing the podcast, the on-demand version of the show. Okay. Which is a little, I don't put the songs on the, uh, on the show. I just I, yeah, I think if you want to listen to the song, you hear them live, and then you can go find them on your own time. Sounds pretty good. You know what I mean? So we'll keep it more verbal on the... Yeah, on the, sometimes people just want to hear the content, right. and uh, you know, music's cool, and if you want to hear it, go listen to it. Right, exactly. Again, but do that on your own time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we do play a lot of music, so if there's anybody out there that wants to help a band promote themselves, or if you are in a band you want to promote yourselves, I'm totally down with playing it. It's just got to be good. I can't, I'm not going to play crappy music. Well, you gotta you gotta give the people what they want, and if the ratings go down, it's gonna hurt some listeners. By the way, you can curse if you want. Oh, nice! But you don't you don't have to. I, I didn't know. I mean, if it, <laughs> if it happens, it happens. But I usually try to refrain myself when I'm on on the radio. All right, he's wearing his marijuana is safer than alcohol shirt. It's Dave Wisniewski. He's hanging out with me. My name's Kevin Gassman, and you are going global with gas, man. And we're gonna go to Seattle. The band's called the Hoot Hoots. The tune is called Home, and we are back here at Voice America, our new home on Saturdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific time on voiceamerica.com, the Variety Channel. Oh, stop! 
Independent music, independent music from Seattle and the Hoot Hoots, that's the band right there. Home is the tune, and they have plenty of songs, so check them out if you can, but again, do that on your own time. Uh, right now, it's Going Global with Gas, man, here on the voiceamerica.com variety channel every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. I just noticed, by the way, it's 311, and you know, the band 311. Is there something you're supposed to do at 311? I don't know. There's all these weird little things that, uh, it, it might be like a stoner number. I didn't even know what 710 was until like a year and a <laughs> half ago. I found out it's oil upside down. Right. I thought that was kind of dumb, but whatever. People are into it, so it's, it's a thing. And I don't really, even really know what 311 is. Can you enlighten me? I don't know either. I'm just curious if anybody else knows. What's it mean? <laughs> it's just the band, you All know. this weird code. Well, 420 is a, is a big time in the, in the world of uh, pot smokers, you know. And we there's plenty of different theories on what they all mean and stand, but we're not going to get into that. But we will be on the air during 420 time. Nice. Just so you know, uh, whether it's going to be, I think it's going to be... Um, Central time. Well, it's Central and Mountain 420s today. All right. So, but Dave Wisniewski is my co-host here today. He's going to be kicking back with us for the first hour. Marijuana is safer than basically blank, fill in the blank, right? Well, yeah, there, there's so many things marijuana is safer than, and I get a kick out of when I'm walking around in public in this t-shirt, and some people come up and they're like, is marijuana really safer than alcohol? And it just opens up a huge conversation, and I get to tell them, yes, it's a statistical and medical fact, and all you got to do is look at the Center of Disease Control statistics. They say 80,000 people a year die from alcohol, 440,000 people a year die from marijuana, but they don't even have statistics for marijuana. You have to go to DEA.gov. Uh, Gov, the uh, Department of Justice, they tell you that no marijuana overdose has been, or no death from a marijuana overdose has been reported. So the government admits that there's never been a single death 
from marijuana, yet we're, we're putting people in prison, we're giving people criminal records, and the idea isn't to tell people, you know, uh, marijuana is safer than alcohol, so let's demonize alcohol. It's to say, hey, just stop arresting people for making the safer choice, and I think most people get that. Don't you think it's bothersome, though, that someone would say, really, it is safer than alcohol, or it is safer than this, and like people still aren't aware? Kind of. I mean, it's kind of weird at first because you're like, I can't believe there's still people out there that don't <laughs> right. think marijuana is safer than alcohol. And I, I, I get some of the complete opposites. Like someone will be like, ah, I disagree or not in my mind, marijuana is not safer. Or they'll tell me about the one person they know who uh, got in an accident because someone was high and they hit them. And uh, I think that's usually a freak <laughs> accident because I, I don't think, you know, as, as many people that I know. that you hit cannabis, them going one mile an hour? I don't know. <laughs> I, I just ha haven't seen any of my friends. Uh, getting accidents strictly because of cannabis. Right. I, I've heard of DUIs because they get caught with it in their system. Um, and when people get in accidents, I, it's usually alcohol or sober, but I rarely ever hear about it from cannabis. So it's, it's hard for me to believe that there's people out there. But it was since, since they ask, is marijuana really safer? I, I'm not offensive. I actually try to educate them yeah. and let them know what's going on. Well, it's, it's a fine line when you're dealing with people, you know, because they're so sensitive to this. They don't want to be right. It's pride and it's what they've been told and they can't accept the fact that they've been lied to. So the, it's it, a, it makes people angry it's, sometimes. Well, it kind of does, right? So you really have to kind of walk eggshells when you're talking to somebody and trying to convince them to turn around their own perception is really what the, the plan is to not point fingers, to not berate someone. Cause you know, you see the berating through the political system right now, the, you know, the, the liberals versus the conservatives, you know, they're all berating each other, but you can't do that to convince someone's mind. And it never will work to convince them that they're wrong and you're right. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Well, the shirt's also an icebreaker to let people know about our campaign because uh, people people come up to me and discuss my own T-shirt. I don't have to say anything right. to them. And once we're already talking about it, we're already talking hey. about it. And I can say, hey, well, by the way, <laughs> we've got a ballot initiative. Let's right. go volunteer. Come, give us some money. Come on, go to the website. Check it out. So, all right, let's talk about this ballot initiative. And you've worked hard on putting this together. And we're going to kind of go through it as well. This is what is going to be pretty much on the ballot for 2018. Now, you are you haven't submitted it yet. However, it's, from what I understand, it's fully drafted right. and, and ready to submit. Is that correct? It's in the legislative review. So we, we submitted it for a review, but not the actual signature collection. And we're waiting about 10 more days to get the suggestions of our legislative council. Then we're going to be filing it for signature collection immediately after we get it back to see if there's anything we have to adjust or not. And uh, we're going to have until July 2018 to collect 150,000 ballot signatures uh, to make the ballot. But uh, I, I think this is one of the most, I don't know, libertarian, freest uh, initiatives for cannabis that I've ever seen. Uh, a couple other states are, are going just as free, but uh, we actually have some extra things that restrict the government from bringing back prohibition after it passes. Well, we just went through a whole failing of our marijuana legalization bill here in Arizona, which really wasn't a legalization bill, to be honest with you. A corporatization, uh, it, in my opinion. Yeah, and they wanted to call it a recreational bill. However, there, there were still felonies in it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that kind of struck me, and I kind of watched from a view, uh, from a side to see where people were at those who that that wanted to support it, those who were against it. Now, for the majority of people, obviously, we were against it because we didn't think it was fair. And for those that defended it and wanted it to pass, their main criticism of those against it is, well, you can't get a unicorn bill passed. 
You know, you can't have everything you want. And I'm thinking, like, why not? Why, if you're going to go, go for it, you know, go, go all the way instead of leaving these, these felonies in there, these, these, uh, this, these, not even a, um, what is it, jail, people in jail weren't, weren't even allowed to be released after this thing got re- passed, right? Right. They didn't have any post conviction. That's relief. what it was, yeah. And my response to that is that we have over 50% of our states that have medical marijuana. It's like 35 states have decriminalized in some way, shape, or right. form. We're past the tipping point. We don't have to make any panic decisions anymore. We can shop around when it comes to cannabis legalization right. because we know the writing's on the wall. People want this, and we don't want to do it wrong. Right. And not only just do it wrong, do it where it's like now you're favoring a certain people and you know, and, and you're, you're kind of screwing yourself out of, of, of it. You know, I mean, it really should be available for everyone and anyone who wants to grow it. I mean, it was given to us on this planet for a reason. And, you know, to have someone tell you, no, you can't do that or I'm going to put you in jail, it's it's ludicrous. Well, one big thing that separates us from the corporate initiative of 2016 is that our initiative actually repeals prohibition. It, It takes that law and it says it is repealed. And the other law didn't do that. So I thought of this thing called the Safer Arizona Challenge. And I want to tell you about it, see if you yes, think it might be kind of cool. It. But it's supposed to be a symbolic representation of destroying prohibition in your state. So what I want is a whole lot of people to print out their state's prohibition on paper and film themselves on camera saying, hey, blah, 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 I'm whatever, Jack, Dave, whatever. And this is my state's prohibition. And I'm taking the Safer Arizona Challenge. And the challenge is to have a creative way to destroy prohibition on camera, either set it on fire, eat it, flush it down the toilet, just rip it and play different uh, pieces. How about put it on the bottom of the birdcage? Yeah, yeah, ha- and then and then have your have your bird crap all over it. You know, <laughs> right. just have the most creative way to destroy prohibition. The physical sheets of paper, it might be a good way to vent, but that's what we're doing with right. our law is we are destroying prohibition and then we're handcuffing the government. We're saying, you, except for this law, you are restricted from regulating cannabis at all. So... They can't add any taxes. They can't have cannabis-specific licenses. That you just you're you're it's regulated kind of like tobacco in a way to where you have to just have your trans your transaction privilege license and any other licenses you need. Like if you're a edibles company, you obviously need your food handlers cards and stuff like that. But it's just going to cost you about fifty bucks to get the licenses you need, so you can start selling cannabis. Right. And these dispensaries right now, they're probably not going to like it very much because they have to spend like five thousand dollars at least just to uh, get into the lottery. Plus, have all this other stuff backed up. They need property. They need the permission from their cities. They they have they invest like hundreds of thousands of dollars just to start selling cannabis, and we're saying, hey, we're giving you a free market, and so they have a you know a, a foot in the door, head start. They're already sure. selling it. Look, I mean, I don't have a problem when you legalize it. The, the free market will take over itself as well. There's going to be you know. Uh dispensary is still open. It's going to be like fast food. People are still not going to grow it at home and they're going to need someone that has it available right away. They're going to try. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, but, but you know, the whole idea of marijuana is, it's a very personal thing for me, at least, you know, for people that I know that the, the, the way it should be, it should be something that you just do on your own, you know, to have it out in the open is it's a little bizarre. Well, it seems that way now. But once it's legalized and normalized... It'll be regular. I I think it'll be regular. It'll take years, but yes. I wonder how many years after an initiative like ours, because all these other initiatives you see all across the United States, they're restricting public consumption. There's there's no like real marijuana bars. Ours is going to be all that all at once. So culture is going to instantly be exposed into the public. And you know what? Everything's going to be just fine. Right. Sky's not falling already. 
Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they're, I mean, the whole Denver scene in Colorado, I mean, it's pretty well excelling, but yeah, they still want to, you know, point at the negatives. Another thing that separates us from any initiative that's passed so far is these, these, uh, I think it, except for the California Medical Act that, uh, uh, before it had like 99 plants of home cultivation. Uh, our initiative allows you to have 48 plants of home cultivation, but we define a plant as any genus of the plant cannabis with the root system still attached in a stage of efflorescence or inflorescence. So those plants are really just your blooming plants. Right. Your clones don't count as plants. Your sprouts don't count as plants. So anyone and everyone can still have unlimited clones, unlimited sprouts, but once they're in efflorescence, you can only have 48. And then if you want to have more than 48, you just need your transaction privilege license and you you get unlimited. But then we consider you a crop, so you are regulated by the Department of Agriculture because you're a crop. But you think, though, if you're going to be growing a large amount, yes, it kind of, not to say that it should be regulated to a certain degree, but maybe it has to be. That's one of an appeasement that you'll have to give to people out there. But, I mean, just in regards, if you're going to be growing a crop, yes, you should be licensed to do so. That shouldn't be a, you know, everyone on the block should be able to grow a crop, at least grow enough that you need, you know, what, six to 12 plants. Well, what's like, but I heard, you know, the 12 plant limit in, in certain states, you need about 50 plants, don't you? And if you want to juice the leaves, if you want to get the yeah, full. Yeah, it's about 50 plants. Right. And uh, you're not even really getting high. When you juice cannabis raw from a, from a plant that's been cut just a couple hours, you'll never get high. But after it decarbs, um, a little bit, well, after it cures, about 1% decarbs. And so if you eat a whole lot after it's been cured, you can get high. That happened to me. Yeah, I ate you an did. ounce one time. You, you ate an ounce not too long ago. Yeah, and it got me really <laughs> high. I didn't think I was going to get high when I made that challenge. Now, did you did you not smoke? You took a break before eating it, right? Or not? No, I didn't. You didn't. Well, I mean, like, I didn't smoke that day. Right. How long did it take before it kicked in? Oh, it was just a couple hours, and okay. it was like a new kind of high after I ate the ounce. It was almost like a clear, very conscious, aware, almost like super caffeinated kind of high, hyper sativa kind of thing. But there was just so much THC, so many cannabinoids, that eventually I just started to slow down, and everything kind of took me to the floor. Well, isn't that so? <laughs> and by the way, you can watch this video of you doing that on oh, the yeah. Safer Arizona site. And I'm about to put it out again because we, we filmed it with professional cameras. I just haven't uh, been able to get the footage and condense it down to like a little three-minute segment yeah, so people can ADD it. share yeah. ADD it. Yeah, people, <laughs> people want to see that. I saw a guy eat an eighth on camera. It took him one minute to eat an eighth, and there was like a million views. And I'm like, man, I ate a whole ounce. I yeah, got to cut that down to about a minute and see how many views that gets. <laughs> ADD, right. You, got, you can definitely blow that, that away. Um, Tony Hireman Chef, he's a friend of ours. Uh, an amazing chef. He was on the, uh, what was it, which one, the Iron Chef? Yeah, he was he won. on he the beat, Iron Chef. He beat Bobby Flay. Beat Bobby Flay. <laughs> Flay. <laughs> it's Flay. Flay? Not, not Flay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay. He beat him on the show. Now he makes uh, edibles, and he, he sells them at the dispensaries here in Arizona. And he told me that pretty much whatever type of strain you throw in your food when you cook it, if it starts as a sativa, it's going to end as an indica. Yeah, I've heard that too. Right. So, I mean, you're not going to – and the thing is, you know, the whole edibles thing, I just kind of go off on a little sidetrack on this. You know, everyone thinks it's such a like, big party 
when you're on edibles. I mean, yeah, you can have fun when you're doing your edibles, but for the most part, at the end of the day, you're you're crashed out, man. Yeah, you're passed out. It's mostly for falling asleep. It's not for hey, we have an edibles party. All right, it starts at seven. Everyone's gonna take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> um, bring your pillows. That's gonna be the party. Bring your stuffed right. animals. Let's watch you know the weird TV, and then that's it. That's all you're gonna be doing. It's like it's not like a. I don't know what people think it's gonna be. They think it's gonna be this wild, raging, crazy party. And it might be for like a minute, you know, because everyone will peak at the same time, you hope. Well, but. edibles, uh, actually, even though it brings you down, uh, I, I'm kind of ADHD and it does help me focus. But since it does make me so tired, I have to drink coffee with it. So coffee and some edibles, I think that's a really great mix for, you know, hunkering down in study mode, to be honest. Right on. All right, Dave Saver Wisniewski, that's his nickname online. And he's with me today for my Going Global with Gas Man debut back All again. Right. February 4th, 2017. That's the day we are here in. It's 326 in our mountain time zone, 226 in the Pacific time zone. Every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. right here on the voiceamerica.com variety channels where you can check us out and you can uh, follow the old shows are still up on the archive. So if you want to hear a lot of the old old school shows, please do. Um, I, they're still getting hit on, by the way. I haven't been on the air in over a year and I, there's like I think 5,000 likes or 5,000 listens to last year. So people are still checking it out. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I guess new, new, uh, new stuff now. Go listen to Gasman. Yeah. We'll come back. We'll talk some more drugs from, yeah, from marijuana, so, for the marijuana initiatives here in Phoenix because we're not the only ones actually, or you're not the only one actually putting it together. We have some actual like representatives putting some ideas together for this too. Yep. We got a legalization bill. We have something for the medical program, and we have something that's supposed to make it harder for us to legalize cannabis. So let's jam some local music here. Pride Through Strife is the band. These guys are awesome. I love these guys. Uh, triplets, by the way. And uh, Corey Glasgow, the gov- the drummer of the band, the tune is called Our Demise. And it's a little reggae music for you guys here on the show. So stay tuned. You are listening to, or you are going global with gas. Man.
Easy lady, you cut me like a knife I'll just push on through the pain, pick up my shattered life It's the way you never miss a chance to criticize All the hurtful things I said, I'm learning they were lies You tried to take away what means the most to me I never let that happen, this time goes by, you see Even though it hurts, some things were never meant to be A man must choose his own path to dance I need It's been so long That I felt so wrong Can't live these lives highly Don't wanna hurt no more I'm going out that door What will it take for you to see? I live my own life Don't need no fucking wife To hold me down and keep me still And this is what I do Girl, I am leaving you Someday you'll see these dreams are real It's music from right here in Phoenix, Arizona from Pride Through Strife, PTS, Pride Through Strife. Really dig that. That's, that's the naughty version, by the way. <laughs> Get to play the naughty version, Dave. All right. Thanks, thanks ex- for the internet. <laughs> right, exactly. There's no limitations here, man. Good, good. Glad yeah, to hear that. That's why we can play a little porno music or not. And Welcome to 2017. Talk aliens and talk marijuana, cannabis. I mean, you know, people say that you should call it cannabis now. Marijuana's got a bad stigma to it. I don't think it's time yet to do that. I well, think- if our initiative passes, it will be time to do that. And uh, this is why, because we're actually redefining marijuana into cannabis legally. Right now, we have to call it marijuana in the state of Arizona because that's how the state refers to it on paper legally. Hmm. But we are actually deleting the language that says marijuana, and we're defining cannabis to include a a lot of things, but very generally, uh, all species of the genus cannabis, which includes all of it. So once our law passes, it will legally be called cannabis in the state of Arizona. Interesting. Yeah. During the break, you were, uh, you got asked a question. Oh yeah, I did uh, by Steve over here, and it was a, it was a really good question, uh, and I get it a handful of times. And basically, it was talking about children and access to cannabis. And I get you know cannabis should be legal, but should uh, why, why should we give our kids more access to cannabis? Was the question. Now, before I answer, what's what's your answer to that? What, when people say, "What about the kids?" What about everyone's all about what? The, what about the children? I mean, right? <laughs> it's pretty much Reverend Lovejoy's you know wife's call crying. You know, the thing is, you know, obviously the, with the the medical miracles we've seen with cannabis helping kids with epilepsy and other uh, issues that they've had, I mean, I just don't think there's a reason why they shouldn't. I mean, in other cultures, kids drink wine at 12 years old. I mean, in other cultures, the uh, ayahuasca is given to the kids, you know, before they're 10. Well, that's, that's <laughs> I mean, kind of getting pretty extreme into it. I, th- but I don't being, think I was going to go that far. But, well, but <laughs> ayahuasca to kids. Yeah, but they do. <laughs> they do. It's not, it's, I mean, it's, right. part, it's part of their ritual. It is part of the way they live. I, I didn't know 12 year olds were tripping out in the forest. Yes. <laughs> But it's not tripping out. It's not like, hey, it's time for you to go on your trip. You know, it's like this is what you do. This is your enlightenment process. This is how we attach ourselves to this planet. 
and this is the way it is. Now, if it was you know twelve year olds in you know in L.A. or in Phoenix, you know doing the ayahuasca, then you know what do they do? Go on their BMX bikes and ride down the park? I mean, no, it's not like that. I don't it, think you'd be able to do that on ayahuasca. <laughs> I don't think you. I don't think they would either, man. But I mean, as far as the children, I look. I mean, again, you know, marijuana is safer than everything, pretty much. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, that's pretty much all of the prohibition uh, prohibitionist arguments. They're always saying, "What about the kids?" And Sheila Polk, right, of course. Sheila Polk is a well, Yampa County sh- prosecuting attorney, and she has these billboards that have yeah. gummy bears that are supposed to have marijuana <laughs> next to gummy bears that don't have marijuana, and they're like, "Can you tell the difference? Oh, yeah. Can your kid?" Well, there was a, all right. There was a deal going on. I think it was in Connecticut where there was this marijuana uh, convention going on. They're talking about the laws and some guy from Florida showed up who's basically the the, the king of the prohibitionists these days. I've, I don't want to even mention his name, but he had a bag. He's like, one of these bags is THC candy. The other one's not. Can you can your t- kids tell the difference? That's what he did. And then he left the bag down and someone stole the bag. <laughs> <And That's> then, awesome. <laughs> then they did the test on the bag and they were just both candy. Well, like we said before, I ate a whole ounce, and someone made a comment uh, on the thread when I was eating it. This is a grown man trying to eat an ounce with intent, and he's having a hard time doing it. And so that kind of put it in perspective. I'm like, yeah, if a little kid came up on an ounce of weed and they tried to eat it, I don't think that they would even like the way it tastes. I think they would think it was disgusting, and they'd spit it out right away Right. if a little kid tried to eat well, it. Well, I mean, look, it's not for kids. To, look, if there's a reason for a kid to use marijuana, it would be mostly medicinal. Let's just be straight right. up and, with that. And so the big argument is accidental ingestion. And well, my response to that sleep it off. is, well, that's one thing, is that every time a little kid eats some cannabis, they, a video always, game. they always end up healthy the next day. They're, right. they're never in any real medical danger. Right. But can your kid tell the difference between a glass of beer and a glass of apple juice, right. they look about the same, or a glass of grape juice and a glass of wine. Well, it's not even that, man. It's pills, man. These kids are on pills. And, and pills, pills look like Skittles. Yeah, I and mean, pills are all over. They're rampant all over the place. The, 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 we did a, the, the news did a thing, I don't know if it was about a month ago, it was the opioid epidemic. And they interrupted like a bunch of news channels here in Phoenix and aired it on the channels. And it was just, and it looked like a, a an hour of just a, a, for rehab commercials. What it looked like, it was all these people that are addicted. I wasn't addicted to them before. I got into a car accident. My doctor gave me these pills. Gave me three months supply. Now I'm addicted. Dang. Right. I mean that's what it is. So, you know, what about the children? You know, what about the pills that they're on? I mean, just because it comes from a doctor in a white coat, all of a sudden you're like, that's okay. You're hitting up a lot of really good angles. But uh, I think my biggest angle is negligent parenting doesn't justify prohibition. Even if you are a parent and you let you leave your candy bar out and your kid eats it, uh, that's your own parental negligence that you let your kid get wasted right. on a candy bar. Right. Yeah, that's a good point you made, yeah. But we have pools in Arizona, and kids die in pools every single year. But we don't prohibit pools just because they're actually killing kids. And on the contrary, no, no kids ever died from consuming too much cannabis. Marijuana is safer than pools. Uh-huh. You know, like that? Maybe I should make that T-shirt. <laughs> marijuana safer than pools. Yeah, it is. It's true. People don't it's die from true. marijuana. Again, that comes down to the point where you're beginning, you were talking to people, they look at your shirt, marijuana safer than alcohol, starts a conversation. Really? How is it safer? I never knew this. Well, how 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 come you don't know that? And why haven't you even like tried to understand that it is safer? Well, like, you know, they've been told for so long. Sometimes people just, they don't want to hear it. 
And uh, so when we make the ballot, it's going to be insane because our prohibitionists here, they're probably going to spend $10 million against us. And I don't think it's even going to matter because they're going to be funding a lie. And I think people know that they're funding a lie, but they're going to hit it with that, oh, the children. Mm. Oh. Well, okay, the children, <laughs> right. And again, just go back to the point of them being all on ADD drugs and you know all of them inoculated by these vaccines that are screwing them up, you know, and just all the above, man. I don't know if, I, if I'm going to be the one debating Sheila Polk. I have to send our attorney on there because I'm angry at these prohibitionists. And so I feel like I'm if being, I were on TV debating, I would just yeah. start screaming at them. Well, that's the thing. You need to calm down. <laughs> you need to have your smart mental approach if you're ever going to go up against them against you know on TV, especially then, because you don't want to look insane. Yeah. You need to be as, I'll send the attorney. as calm as possible. I'll watch it on TV. <laughs> you need to be really you know uh, sophisticated in your approach, smart in your approach. Maybe to, I'll comb my hair back. Look, the thing is, look, how old is Sheila Polk? I don't know, like 50-something? Okay. Uh, Montgomery is how old? Probably like late 40s, probably early 50s. That's Sheila, but Bill Montgomery is the Maricopa County uh, Attorney General. I was guessing this his age, too. How old is he? Probably 60s, I'd imagine, right? Let's just, know. let's just give him okay. the 60s. It doesn't let's really matter. 60. The point is, they're about 50 years old or older, and they don't know better. Yeah. <laughs> or they do, and they just love the money. Well, I mean, okay, I mean, when with the Prop 205 that didn't pass here in Arizona. Yeah. You know, it was written pretty poorly, mm-hmm. and people caught onto that real quick. And the people blame the the, the anti movement. Like, oh, you're you're for pop, but you're against this legalization movement, and you're ruining it for everyone. It's like, no, we're just telling people what it's about. We're we're just telling them that this is a scam. Yeah, this just is, read it, and if you don't like read it, it, you have an issue right, with the you, author. Right. I would never tell somebody no. I just say, look, that that bill does promote a lot of money for a certain small amount of per- percentage of people, and it's not fair for a lot of people. And in the whole growing you know, marijuana, it was was it down to six plants? Is what it was? Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe six plants, right? And then they could still bust you. There was always that element of busting you in this yeah. bill, which made me think that Sheila Polk and Bill Montgomery were in the same room when they were writing it up. It kind of made me feel that way too. But it was it was a really bizarre campaign. I'm glad it's over. The smoke is settling, and now people are starting to come back together, uh, talking about 2018. And we have to get this done this year because we are under attack by our legislatures. They just put in a bill HB 2024, and that bill is aimed to make it harder to get initiatives on the ballot, especially if you're going to be paying for paid circulators. Now, we're going to be mostly volunteer, so I don't know how it's going to affect us so much, but the fact of the matter is that it's going to make it harder for Arizonans to get something on the ballot in case we do end up with a lot of money and we can get get paid petitioners. Sneaky bastards, huh? Yeah, so I think that might affect the 2020 initiative because... It might not even be passed, and ours would have already been filed, so I feel like ours would get grandfathered in. Uh, a couple other uh, uh, bills that are going on this legislative session is this guy from Tucson. He's a representative. He's a card holder, and he's putting in a bill to extend the medical marijuana card from one year to five years. Nice. And that's going to that's gonna help a lot of people. Yeah. Even if our initiative passes, uh, it's still going to be good because— It should be. Uh, there's going to be certain situations where you're still going to want to get your medical marijuana card, even in that utopia. One is under 21 years old. Uh, You're not a criminal, but you're going to get a fine if you have marijuana. And 
uh, medical marijuana users that age can still get their card. Yeah. Still a little scam, though. I think when the 203 passed, that was the, the uh, medical marijuana bill here in Arizona. You, know, you, you can't grow your own plants. That within... was the fool me once. And then the yeah, fool me right. twice was 205. Yeah. And people were like, I'm not getting fooled twice. Yeah, we smartened up. That was pretty good. I, I, that was good. All right. So Dave Wisniewski is hanging out with me. You're going global with Gas Man on the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel. We have another 20 minutes of this to go before Aliens with Gas. The Extraterrestrial Rock Show makes its debut on the network, which is at the top of the hour. For one hour, we will discuss aliens, extraterrestrials, UFOs, sightings, and the UFO Congress, which is coming up in a couple weeks over at the Fountain Hills Wicopa Resort, the 26th annual UFO Congress. And we'll have Alejandro Rojas from Open Minds TV joining us. So look forward to that. In the meantime, how about some more reggae? It's Stranger from California. Above it all is the tune right here. I'm going global with gas. Man.
We're going to bring our other guests here just to hang out because I, I hate having them in the studio with us and not be able to, you know, participate. So in, in about 15 minutes, we're going to do our segment, Aliens with Gas. It's the extraterrestrial rock show. We're going to talk aliens and we're going to play some rock music, which I found a few cool tunes for today. They might be Giants, Elvis Costello, and uh, The Killers. So I'm like, yeah, all right, man, this is good. So we'll be jamming some really cool tunes. And our guest uh, is Alejandro Rojas. Now, he's from Open Minds uh, TV, and he's uh, been part of the UFO Congress that's been going on for 25 years. And this is the 26th year. So I'm, I'm excited, man. It's coming up in a couple of weeks uh, over at the Paul Resort. Yeah, it's awesome. It's always a lot of fun. And uh, we get a lot of foot traffic from people in the area. And for free, you know, you can come into the vendor area, meet a lot of the speakers, see their books, ask them some questions. So there's a lot to do. Yeah, we'll get into all that, too. And I'm excited to play some of the clips, too, because you're you're not – I'm not calling you a debunker, but you definitely call out the BS when it's needed. So that's what I'm glad you're here for today (laughs) on some of the topics we're going to go over because I think there's a lot of people out there who don't – either it's so unbelievable they just say, I don't believe it, never mind, or they're so unbelievable that you have to really investigate and research – is it really true or not? You mm-hmm. know, so you get really into the whole debunking process, and uh, we'll discuss a little bit of that as well. Heidi Gad is here. She's aliens with gas. <laughs> we'll get going here. But Dave Wisniewski is with us as well, and he's putting together the legislation. The what's the name of the bill? It's a uh, the Safer Arizona Cannabis Legalization Act. That's what it's going to be called. All right, and right now it's going through the process of being what approved, reviewed by the legislature. They're going to let us know if it's constitutional, if there's anything that we should do differently that they would do. Um, and so it's going to be kind of lengthy. Um, we'll sort of. It's like a lengthy, but not. Prop 205 last year was 10 sheets of paper. Ours is going to be eight sheets of paper. So it's two pages shorter. And the grassroots campaign last year was 20 sheets of paper. So it's still uh, less than half of what we were running last year. Hmm. Uh, Reason it's got to be so long is they want us to write out the entire uh, law when we are amending things. Like we can repeal prohibition in a single sentence, but we're also descheduling cannabis, taking it off the Arizona Controlled Substance Act. And so what they want us to do is write out the entire control. Substance Act of Arizona, and then when it says marijuana or cannabis, just cross out that word, and that's how you change a law. Mm. And we're like, man, that takes some that takes some paper and ink, but uh, it's not going to be so bad. Uh, there's a couple other cool things we're doing in our initiative that we haven't seen in other places because a lot of people are getting uh, extra felonies when they are caught with marijuana and a gun, and uh, we don't think that's right. We believe that if you're a gun owner. Uh, or cannabis consumer, you should be able to do both lawfully. So our initiative has special gun rights that say our state can't mess with you uh, if you have a gun and cannabis. They have to leave you alone. You have your gun rights when you have cannabis. So that's something that's pretty cool. Hmm, interesting. Another thing moving forward is post-conviction relief. A lot of these other states, they're making cannabis legal, but people who are in prison for cannabis-related crimes are now in prison for something that's legal now. Why are we letting them sit there and rot in prison when cannabis is now legal? Well, because it was a crime when it happened. Well, we don't think that's right. We're saying we have post-conviction relief. So if, you have, if you're in prison right now for a marijuana-related crime, under our law, you can apply to be resentenced under the new law. And if under the new law, you wouldn't be a criminal, they would let you go. Similarly, if you have a criminal record, you can apply to get that expunged. So you'd be no longer having a criminal record, no more oppression for you for your cannabis crime. That's great. You know, again, we talk about people saying, well, you can't have the unicorn bill. <laughs> you know, this is why not again. And here's something that's 
uh, at least seems pleasable for the ones that are against it and uh, definitely favorable for those who are for it. Well, I'm not sure about the ones who are totally against it because there's nothing we could do to appease the Sheila Polks. If we if we want to appease her, gotta get her high. We have to take our initiative <laughs> out to the desert and, <laughs> yeah. and rip it up. She's never gonna want it. You gotta secretly get her high. You gotta give her some uh, you know chocolates. I don't know. It's like what would it take for them to to wake up and and know that the the that's what it is. The fight that they're fighting is, is a losing battle. They need to get really and, sick and then have cannabis mm. be the only thing that helps <laughs> them. I hate to have to say that, but I've known a handful of people in my life that were hell bent against cannabis until they got really sick, like Crohn's disease or something something like that, and they were debilitated. And the only thing that helped them was cannabis, and it saved their life. And then they had a new look on it. Man, I'm glad you're here, man. Woo! You know, I'm, I'm going to have you on as much as you want to be on a Saturday. You're all you're always welcome here. But you ready to play a little game? All right, let's let's play a game. All right. Oh wait, I think I got to turn the volume up. That'll help. There's number two. <laughs> I mean, you know, going having 45 minutes of, air, of radio time mm-hmm. and getting your first mess up that deep in the show and your first one back. All right, that's pretty good. Hold on to your values as we step through the looking glass into a hippie pot party. Some people. Uh, think that to puff the magic dragon means they're really to smoke uh, smoke um, marijuana cigarette. Where'd you learn that, Cheech? Drug school! The history of marijuana. Marijuana, the, the one drug that never killed anybody. Are you on drugs or is this your naturally moronic self? Marijuana has become a part of the popular consumer culture of the United States. You got any narcotics or marijuana in here? <laughs> Uh, not anymore. We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. Get out of here! Is marijuana really where it's at? Is it really as righteous as you think? You know what? I don't want no hangover. I can't get no hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. Where can I get some marijuana? I get addicted to it or something? It's not habit forming. I'm so wasted! I don't want to overdose on it. You can't OD on it. The snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> it's not gonna make me want to have sex, is it? It makes sex even better. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. I mean a Maui, Wowie, a Panama Red, Acapulco Gold. It's all marijuana. It sounds kind of expensive. It's the cheapest drug there is. The amazing stuff about this is take it home and just get stoned at a bejesus hmm. belt. You don't want it think I kind of want it. Okay, but just this once. Come on in. All right. Welcome to, it's the, I always could say the drug code here. We're going to name that drug right now with Dave Wisniewski. Alejandro, you can play if you want. You're more than welcome to. You got a microphone. Go on. Heidi is not on a microphone at the moment, but it's all good. Um, but this game basically. I can lean in. Oh, you can. You can. As long as you can hear. All right, cool. So this game is the, it's name that drug we're going to play here. Now I'm going to play some side effects from a, from a commercial on TV. And you have to tell me the name of the drug, okay? So I'll give you a few, ch- a few to choose from, and you tell me which one it will be. So we're going to have – these are the three to choose from. Stellara, which is psoriasis. Osfina, which is uh, sex hurts after menopause. And, <laughs> and Symbicort, which is COPD breathing. So here we go. Name that drug. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Name that drug. 
may lower your ability to fight infections and increase your risk of infections. Some serious infections require hospitalization. Your doctor should test for tuberculosis or may increase your risk of cancer. Always tell your doctor if you have any sign of infection, have had cancer, or if you develop any new skin growths. Do not take if you are allergic or any of its ingredients. Alert your doctor of new or worsening problems, including headaches, seizures, confusion, and vision problems. These may be signs of a rare, potentially fatal brain condition. Serious allergic reactions can occur. Tell your doctor if you or anyone in your house needs or has recently received a vaccine. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that game where you have to guess where the ball is under the three cups because they could all be they, right. I mean, all drugs sound horrible like that. It's like how can you really guess? But I know, if I have right? to guess one, I'm going to say the COPD one. You're going the COPD one, all right. What's that called again? What's that? What was it called again? That was a uh, Stellara. I'm going to say all the above. May lower your ability. You're going all the all the above as well. All the above. Well. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a trick question. There really is a choice. <laughs> Heidi, do you have a choice? I don't know. You don't know either. <laughs> you guys suck. Um, it was psoriasis. It was Stellara. They lower oh. your ability to fight infections. I and said increase COPD. Yeah, you did. See it. Yeah, you did. You said Simicort. Yep. Whoops. Sorry. Whatever. I lost. Maybe you need some Osfina. You know what? <laughs> I don't want any of that. <laughs> I don't want any of that either. And hopefully marijuana is something that can, you know, in, in some kind of form or shape or way or another can cure some of these and i know it's not the overall you know cure for everything but we're finding soon it we need dabs for the elderly that's, that's, that's <laughs> dabs for the well elderly. some people need both though so for instance i have a condition where i have to take something that has you know the same thing it's got all this blah 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 it's 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 similar to arthritis so all of these things that work for rheumatoid arthritis work for this condition right. uh, so i have to take that but you know it's not an immediate pain relief this is, this takes a long time so uh, if pain comes on, I need an alternative. I think that's what people need to know that. You mm -hmm. know, the thing is, you know, people get home, they drink their six-pack, their 12-pack, have their bottles of wine, or and then now it's, you know, have your, your one pill or two pills a day that you need to take. And when maybe this can take care of all that for you and not have to – not mess up your body. Mm -hmm. You know, because our bodies are, what, CBD-inclusive, inclu aren't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's part of our makeup. Well, it's a lot better than uh, some of the other things they suggest, Tylenol, you know, high dosages of Tylenol right. or even right. ibuprofen, which was causing my, my blood pressure to get high. I mean, these things have some the, worse effects. And the doctors don't even – don't seem to care, you know, like this opioid uh, epidemic that was on TV about a month ago or so and – you know, all these people are like, I never took a tr pill before. I got in this accident. Yeah. The doctor kept giving me all these pills. and Their hands are tied. I'm hooked. Sometimes they're yeah. not even paying attention. and They just give you some toxic cocktail of different medications. Right. And then you get killed. You got to be <laughs> yeah. paying attention more than the doctor these days. Well, they gave you the warning that they're going to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> that's just uh, letting just, you know. You just got to roll with it. Just uh, take this and go away. So, Dave, you might hang, you might hang with us. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I hope you do. If you do, if not, if uh, we're still going to go on with some aliens with gas. And Heidi Gad will be joining me. We have Alejandro Rojas, Open Minds TV. The UFO Congress is a couple weeks away, and we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about other cool stuff because that's what we do on the Extraterrestrial Rock Show. We're going to play some cool tunes, so we'll do that in a minute. But uh, this has been the first back on the air, Going Global with Gasman, and uh, thank you, Dave Wisniewski. Thanks where for can, having me. Where can people uh, find you online and where can they uh, get involved? Follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash saferaz, and you can volunteer or make a campaign contribution at saferarizona.com. Sweet, man. All right, we'll take it out with uh, Jet West. People are strange is the tune. It's a really, really cool Doors cover. These guys are from San Diego. And we'll be back with some Aliens with Gas. Man. <laughs> Women are wicked. 
change when you're a stranger Faces look ugly when you're alone Women seem wicked when you're unwanted Streets are uneven when you're down When you're strange, but faces come out of the rain When you're strange, no one remembers your name Sometimes up my nose When troubled times Begin to bother me I take a toke And all my cares Go up in smoke In smoke, donde todo es libre. There are no signs that say no fumes. 
me doy un buen toque Y después I choke Y todo mis cares go up in smoke Come on, let's go get high Up in smoke That's where I wanna be My name is Henry McElroy Jr., a retiring former state representative from New Hampshire. Thank you for your attention to this brief message concerning the world's interaction with both Earth-based and off-world astronauts. What if I told you I'd take you to a place you'd never been and do something to you that's never been done? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Open your mind real wide now. Man, you got to check it out. It'll put the movie on your brain. Very grown. CBS reports UFO. Friend, foe, or fantasy. They had me go into a room. Uh, actually, a building. Another, in one of the round buildings. They had me uh, sit down on, in a chair and. Um, this mist, uh, bluish mist, came down over, over me and I said, what's this? And they said, you're being detoxified, uh, decontaminated. Uh, all the impurities that are in your body are being taken out. And so your immune system will be fortified when you return home uh, to the surface. And uh, I said, well, I don't really want to go. <laughs> I want to stay here. And they said, yes, we know you want to stay here, but uh, you're not staying here. What was compelling you to want to stay there? Was it It just felt, or? it's the beauty of everything around you. I mean, everything is so not what it is on the surface. Um, when you look out on the surface, what do you see? You see cars, you see planes flying over and causing, you know, vapor trails behind them, and the sky's not clear, and the sky smells strange, or taste, you actually taste the air here. It's just not there. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's not there. It's all pure. Everything is pure, and it's in, everything's in harmony. Um, I didn't hear any. Uh, you know, I didn't hear any bad language while I was there. Um, nobody spoke, as you would speak. It was all from communication, mind to mind. It was really, really wonderful feeling. 
Aliens. With gas. And that is Billy Woodard talking about his hollow earth experience. And I was looking over at Alejandro Rojas, who's hanging out with us for our special show today. I was, I was kind of wondering if you were picking up on who it was, or if you have you heard of Billy Woodard? No, uh, I've heard of the Holly, the the Hollow Earth theory and and some of the different ideas behind that. Yeah. But uh, I'm not familiar with him. But uh, yeah, it sounds similar to what a lot of different people say, which is interesting. Yes, and we're gonna, totally going to get in some of this as well. Alejandro Rojas, OpenMinds.tv is the website, and the 26th annual. UFO Congress is happening in a couple of weeks, the 15th to the 19th in February over at Wikipaw Resort in Fountain Hills. We uh, went last year and I'm looking forward to coming in this year. We'll get into all that as well. Um, Heidi Gad. What's up? What's up? Uh, sorry, I took a second. <laughs> You're like, Wait, what's Hello, her I'm name? here. Hello. No, <laughs> what's that? What's her name? <laughs> I knew you You know, come on now. Go give me that. So I, I watched this video a couple of weeks ago about Billy Woodard talking about his experience in Hollow Earth and... He channeled his dad, and his dad, we played a clip from it last week as well. And I'll, I'm going to play another clip of it in a, in a bit as well. But, you know, when people tell us a story about being in the hollow earth, you know, a couple things come to our mind. <laughs> it's like you're full of it, or <laughs> you really are telling me the story. And this guy talks with such conviction, mm-hmm. and he, he visited when he was 12 years old. He was gone for six months, and... Now he wears a headband of gold and or copper and a, and a coin yeah. on his head. Yeah, I mean, the way I take it, it, it kind of like my talk this this year because I, I I did a talk last year and I'm doing one this year uh, is on religion and this topic and and there are two sides. First of all, what did religions say about this? But also kind of these new religions that are being spawned from this. And I think that religious experiences are similar in that. You know, you have these people talking to divine uh, entities and stuff like that. What's happening? Are these real or not? That's what's always difficult to say. However, you know, there are some cases where there is, uh, there are other witnesses or there's some kind of evidence there. One of those cases being uh, Travis Walton, and he'll be speaking. He was uh, the subject of the movie Fire in the Sky. Now, what happened on the craft in that movie is not what he remembers really happening. Right. The movie um, was a little different than yeah, his Yeah, the movie experience. was like real negative and, and bad and everything. But what he uh, experienced was stranger, but not necessarily, you know, negative in that, in that form. Funny enough... He was just filming outside of town with Rob Lowe because I guess Rob Lowe is doing some new oh, really? TV show. No so, kidding. Yeah, so he's in town. In fact, we're going to be doing a Skywatch uh, this evening. You can go to the Phoenix MUFON website to find that out. And uh, one of our speakers, Ben Hansen and Travis, will be there. But Travis was in the woods in the 70s. With all of his colleagues, you know, they just got done with work. They were uh, uh, cutting down trees and stuff, you know, they're, they're uh, lumberjacks. And they see this light in the forest. They drive out to it and they see this disc-shaped object floating above the trees there. It was super bright. Travis, the youngest, gets out to be cool and goes to check it out. And everybody's screaming, get back here, get back here. He crouches down behind some logs pretty close to it. Finally decides, you know what, I better get out of here. He stands up and boom, he's zapped with something. And he's out. His buddies see him fly 20 feet. They think he's dead. They take off in their truck. They come back. And uh, he's gone, and so is this object. Uh, once they, you know, because they were freaked out. They yeah. thought this thing killed him. So uh, they go to the police, 
And uh, we actually have a video. He won't be there at the conference, but we got, found that policeman and we got an interview with him. Oh, yeah? And we'll have those DVDs available. Oh, awesome. But uh, he said, yeah, these kids were freaked out. And I yeah. believe that, you know, what they were saying, they had a crazy story that they saw this UFO. But he was gone for five days. They started to, to think that these guys killed him and left his body out in the forest. Then uh, Travis comes back. Right. He finds himself on, on a road out, uh, and this is in the Heber uh, area. He finds himself on, on a road, and this object's above him and flies off. And he calls his family. He calls his brother and says, hey, I'm back. Uh, can you come pick me up? I'm in the middle of the road. And his brother's like, yeah, right. Who is this? Because right. in the meantime, what he didn't know, there's this huge media storm. Where's Travis Walton? Travis thought he was only gone a couple hours. So his brother comes and gets him, actually takes him to Phoenix to keep him away from the media. And, uh, you know, all of these guys have passed lie detectors tests. I know these guys. They're not friends. Like, if these guys could screw each other over, you know, sometimes they get pissed at each other sure. over all this stuff. They would. They would have called each other out and said, that guy's lying, you know, this is a bunch of crap. But uh, the whole time, you know, these are simple dudes out in the, the small town. Yeah, there's, I here. mean, to come up with a, a fabrication like that, yeah. I mean, it takes a lot for everyone to get involved in and yeah. to, to back up and... You know, and yeah. you, and you, we have had you on last year, remember, and you're, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, would you call yourself skeptical of UFOs? Definitely. Uh, There's needs, there needs to be a lot of uh, proof for you to, to follow through on this. Well, you know what? I take a journalistic uh, point of view. So it's like, and, and, you know, we have a lot of inroads with mainstream journalism for that reason. You got to give people some good stuff, you know, you've got to really... Uh, be able to substantiate what you're saying. And so that's what I look for. There are a lot of people like Woodward here who has a story. But there are so many stories out there. There's stories with Bigfoot. There's stories with fairies. Right. There's stories, all kinds of stories out there. Who knows what may, may be going on? But what's great about Travis's story is that he has these witnesses who also saw this object. Right. And so that at least makes his case uh, better. So when he comes back and says similar things that, you know, he saw these big-eyed aliens that were above him, and then, you know, he ran, he freaked out in this, this craft, and then he saw these human-looking guys, and he's like, oh, you're here to help me, and he, they guide him to this room and then put this thing over his, uh, over his face, and then he's out, That's and then he's, he's waking up in the street. Right. So a weird story, but that uh, is similar to what other people have said. So at least then it lends some credence, you know? The thing about... I was going to say, and the story never morphs. That's yeah. what, right. you know... It stays like the same the whole time. Yeah, yeah, when cops are interrogating you, they're, right. like, waiting for <laughs> you to, like, forget what yeah, your lie was. Up. Trying to get yeah. you to mess up. Right, exactly. The thing I look at it is the, the you know, they stumbled upon the aliens. The aliens were startled by this and said, all right, this guy wants to see what's up, so we're going to mess with them. Mm. And they mess with them, and they drop them to the ground, like, uh-oh, we went a little too far. We yeah. better fix them. So let's grab them, let's go fix them, and then drop them back off again. Yeah, a, a common theory, and this is how I feel, uh, is that, you know, he got affected somehow, I guess, by the mechanics of the craft, and they killed him. Is what he thinks, and what probably, and, and or they seriously damaged him somehow, and so they fixed him, and then they they let him go. Is what it kind of seems like on the surface, but even that's kind of extraordinary to say that right. some kind of civilization or some kind of thing picked him up. But well, I mean, plus you have two different beings on this ship that yeah. he's on, where you got the humans versus the, you know what the other yeah. the, the big tall gray kind of looking ones, I guess. 
They were kind of short, like what people talk short, about. The short ones. Yeah, he. I mean, he he says he wakes up. He thought he was in a hospital. You know, he sees these lights in his his face. He he opens his eyes, and there's these creatures looking at him. And he had something over his chest. He jumps up. He grabs that thing and starts swinging it at him. And they were trying to calm him, like they had their hands up, like right. they were trying to calm him down. And uh, he was freaked out. Uh, so he wouldn't calm down. So they right. they left. And I wonder if they uh, fired that anesthesiologist. <laughs> yeah, I know. That guy jacked up. Uh, he did jack up. That's Alejandro Rojas, Open Minds TV. Is where you want to find him on. I mean, we talked about aliens not being uh, so fallible. I mean, uh, because, you know, they crash their UFOs and, you know, yeah. and there's things that go wrong just like being human there's go wrong. variables, man. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so, yeah, so we're, what we're going to do is we're going to play some tunes and then we're also going to be chatting some more. And it's we had a really interesting week where we <laughs> <laughs> on, on Instagram, and we we can't leave the show <laughs> oh, yeah. without talking about that. So okay. we'll do that after our first song of the day, The Killers. It's Spaceman right here on Aliens with Gas.
My mission, even at that time my mission was, but of course I didn't realize it, um, my mission at that time was to give forth the information that Admiral Byrd was not allowed to give out when he, was re when he returned to the surface back in 1947. He was told by the uh, delegation or the Council of the Hollow Earth, uh, given a message to give to the world. And he went and came, and when he returned back to Washington, they uh, interviewed him with top security forces, and they ordered him to remain silent on all that he had seen and heard on behalf of humanity. And he said, this is, this is crazy. Uh, this message is for the world. It's not just for us. And they said, well, we'll see to it that you can't. And they locked him away. Did they? They locked him away for a couple years. And then after, upon his release and uh, 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 being told that he will not talk about this to anyone, not even his immediate family, he was released from the military. Aliens. With gas, Billy Woodard talking about his experience with Hollow Earth and uh, the Admiral Byrd experience with Hollow Earth which, you know, you had to look now. I had to do a little research. Was he really arrested and put away in jail? You know, because a lot of these red flags pop up when these conversations come up. Right, Alejandro? I mean... Yeah, you know what? And and like I was saying during the break, it's that you, when you write about this on a, on a regular basis, and we, we have stories up every day at our website, you follow the thread, and unfortunately it leads to some pretty dubious places often. So, for instance, this whole Admiral Bird story, uh, it's the idea of the fugal rods. That's what they call them. They, they allegedly, Admiral Byrd met these aliens who, uh, you know, he found this hole in the Antarctic and flew in there. And there were these aliens flying their fugal rods. And they said they were helping out the Germans and all of this stuff. But that came from a diary that was made by one of his uh, relatives, right. distant relatives. And it was debunked. It turned out to be false so the whole admiral bird thing the other thing this whole hollow earth thing stems from if you look it up is a fictional book there's a fictional book written by this guy 
in Germany, and I think this was, or Sweden, it was in uh, Northern Europe, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, and, and it, there's these clubs that started up because it was so popular. People loved the books. They were well-written. It was a science fiction thing. And then they started these clubs where they said, no, we're channeling these people that, that those books were actually real. You know, once someone died, it's kind of like Scientology, Whoa. you know, started by a science fiction writer. And all of a sudden people follow and they start to feel that it's all real. So, well, like, like the Bible. Like the Bible, like <laughs> any. And that's sense. why uh, my talk is like this because, uh, you know, a lot of religions are like that. That's how religions start right. up are these mythologies that people start to follow. And, uh, and you can't prove any of it, but it's something that people believe and create these belief systems around. Well, it was in uh, it was February third, actually. This is the anniversary of him leaving Antarctica from from the Operation High Jump, which was mm-hmm. to map out the region. But yeah. the apparently the United States military sent a ton of military ships and helicopters mm-hmm. down there to, I guess, make sure everything was cool. Well, and to make bases. I think right. they have a base down there. So there's lots of reasons they, they would have done that. But uh, Admiral Byrd also did suffer from uh, alcoholism and some other potential – Was that um, before this? Psychological issues. It was later in his life. So he, he ended up having a lot of problems. Well, do you think that could be because he had to suppress all this information? I mean, that's always possible, but it also could be because it happens to a lot of people. (laughs) He was definitely a very unique person. He was a pioneer, and he was a type of person who would do what no one else would do. Right. And, I mean, he would risk his life on these these adventures. Well, there's this interview. uh, It's a clip. I'm on the AdmiralBirdDiary.com page, and this guy who writes this whole uh, article about the Admiral Bird and saying that this – Diary was not his legit, and but Billy Woodard actually mentioned that he saw the real diary. That's kind of where he's basing some of his stuff on. This is from Wednesday, March fifth, nineteen forty-seven. The edition of the Chilean newspaper El Mercurio, and this is what it reads: Admiral Richard E. Byrd warned today that the United States should adopt measures of protection against the possibility of an invasion of the country by hostile planes coming from the polar regions. The admiral explained that he was not trying to scare anyone. But the cruel reality is that in case of a new war, the United States could be attacked by planes fl- uh, flying over one or both poles. Which makes sense. I mean, the Russians are up there. Uh, it would be a direction the Russians could come from that we wouldn't have defenses for. However, that's kind of what NORAD did. I mean, NORAD connected with Canada and they put up listening posts and everything uh, just for that reason, just in case something came from the north. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's part of defense. You're making sure you are you don't have any holes in your defense for anyone to exploit. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, at the, a lot of times there are more prosaic answers to some of these things. That's why, you know, I, I try to stick with the really good cases. And there are just extraordinary cases out there. Where you have more. For instance, one of the great people we're going to be talking or have at the conference is Colonel uh, Charles Halt. He was a deputy base commander at a uh, at a base in the, near the Rendlesham Forest. He was part of uh, Bentwaters, which was a UK base. At yeah, we the did that story a couple Air weeks Force. ago. Oh, okay. So you did the story, but he'll be there to talk. He nice. was a deputy base commander. I mean, he did not want any publicity when it came to this. Uh, but a memo that he wrote to the Ministry of Defense. Uh, at the behest of his superiors to kind of pass the buck and say, hey, we saw these UFOs and a bunch of weird crap out in the forest. Uh, you guys technically have jurisdiction over the forest, so maybe you guys ought to take a look at this <laughs> um, because we don't know what the hell to do with it, essentially. And uh, that story leaked. 
along with audio that he took because he was skeptical. It happened on a couple nights, and the first night he thought, you know what, those guys didn't see a UFO. They saw some lights from the lighthouse or something weird. They didn't see a UFO. So when it happened again a couple nights later, he's like, I'm going out. I'm taking men out there. And they saw weirder stuff than the night before, and he witnessed it himself. So, um, and now he believes that, you know, that material was sent to some, uh, you know, branch of the military or some organization that is not sharing the information. So that's the sort of thing he's going to be talking about. But this case is well documented. It was argued in the House of Lords in the U.K. Uh, you you have a lot of discussion about it in the U.K. And, and they're a little more... Um, nonchalant they're not as hardcore you know to shut it down necessarily so they're kind of like open to it sure maybe there's something out there but uh it was a mass sighting in a sense i mean to a certain degree i mean that was what one of the comments we had was the guy saying either you're they're all delusional or (laughs) yeah lord admiral uh he was an admiral lord hilton yeah lord hilton uh he's the one who took it to the house of lords because he was a member and said either those americans are crazy and they've got a lot of (laughs) weapons and we better be concerned about that or they really saw something crazy, right. so strange. And either way, there's, this is a big deal. It sure is, exactly. I think they saw something weird. That's just me. They have well, to. Well, <laughs> wait till you meet this this I'm Colonel Hall. You know, he, he's he's a colonel. Colonels, we've got two colonels, and they're similar. They're uh, no nonsense. They're used to bossing people around. This is the way. This right. is this, and they right. they just don't mess around. And he doesn't take any kind of. Uh, there's people who are more loose around their facts. Right. With this case, and he doesn't tolerate that at all. Awesome. Uh, he's called me out a couple of times and said, "Why did you do this? What about that?" Right. And uh, and so he's very matter of fact. But he says, you know, he saw this light flying over the the base. That he saw it beam a light down into the weapons storage area, which at the time had uh, nuclear weapons. Wasn't Whoa. supposed to. It was actually secret. Mm. And then it flew over him and his men and beamed the light down at his feet. Whoa. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. that It's just a high level of credibility when That's, it comes to this case. I, I love to hear that stuff. And you're going to hear yeah. a lot of that over at the UFO Congress, the 26th mm-hmm. Uf- UFO Congress out at Wicopal Resort out in Fountain Hills in Phoenix, Arizona. Or I guess you can call it Phoenix, Arizona, right? Yeah, Phoenix area. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix area. Um, we were there last year, and this year the speakers. There's are there be films and any debuts this year? Yeah, there'll definitely be debuts. In fact, one of them is called UFOs and Nukes, and it's a, by a guy named Robert Hastings, who only works with military witnesses. So we have the Rendlesham Forest incident, which we just talked about, and that's in his his uh, book. He has a couple uh, guys who were in a tower control tower who saw the UFOs in this movie that he, he put out about this topic. But he has tons of military witnesses who have all worked at nuclear bases who have uh, – say they've seen strange stuff, you know. Wow. So a really good film. That's just one of many. We've got one on crop circles. We've got one on a remote viewer. This is a strange story too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have time to get into. Let's this. let's hold. Can you hold on to that? Yeah, no problem. All right, hold I'm on to that. So excited. Don't don't make me forget that you got the story. <laughs> oh, on. I will <laughs> never forget that one. <laughs> That's important. Don't crazy. forget it. Write it down, everyone. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is what's happening here. VoiceAmerica.com, the Variety Channel. Aliens with Gas is broadcasting live from our, our somewhere in Phoenix, Arizona location. Our undisclosed. That you can Google. Yeah. <laughs> The undisclosed location has now been disclosed, unfortunately. But, you know, we're here doing our thing live in this hour, in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour in Phoenix time, and that's 3 uh, three to 4 p.m. 
out in uh, California time. And uh, this will air also on 99.1 FM in the East Valley and 93.9 FM in the West Valley of Phoenix, Arizona, Sunday nights at 10 o'clock. And then you'll have podcast accessibility to it on Monday. So we're doing live Saturday, radio Sunday, podcast Monday. That's how this is going to work. Um, Dave Wisniewski is still with us. Uh, what's your thoughts so far after hearing some of this? Well, I'm glad you asked. And uh, <laughs> what really kind of struck me wasn't so much uh, talking about uh, the current uh, situations going on with Saudis and stuff, but what about the future? So we're looking at all these different, you know, religions talking about uh, mythical, uh, you know, ideas and stuff. But what if in the future, 2,000, 3,000 years, those people are looking at us right now and they're like, Okay, these people 2,000 years ago, they had all these people they worshipped like gods. Their names were Superman, Spider-Man, because that's our <laughs> mythical creatures now. Yoda. What if, that ends yeah. up, Go Yoda. what if that ends up turning into some weird belief system in the future? And in 2,000 years, we have religions based around our current <laughs> mythical creatures. So I'm, I'm sure Scientology and that... that uh, Hollow Earth book at the time seemed totally fictional, just like Superman would be right now. I don't know. I can just I can just see it getting crazy. When 900 years old, you reach look as good you or not. <laughs> Yoda or Wookies? That'd be fun religion. Right. right. And, and I guess Aren't there Wookies. I mean, they they say that they're abominable snow, snowmans or Sasquatches is pretty much a Wookie. That this planet might have been. They, they might have been the, the first. That they might have yeah. been the first actual inhabitants of this planet. This planet might be full of Wookies at the very beginning. Some say Could they're be. interdimensional. Well, I, I got a question. And I guess my <laughs> big question is, how would the world react if the government just came out and said, okay, uh, there's aliens. And then all of a sudden they also are like, okay, we're also genetically modified by these aliens. Right. And you, all your religions kaput. I think dogs and cats will start sleeping with each other. Tell me about That's that. That's what my talk's <laughs> going to be about. Okay, cool. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, so let's, excited. We'll talk about that when we uh, come right. back. So let's take a little song break. Elvis Costello. Got a cool tune from him. My science fiction twin right here on Aliens with Gas. Man. The 
time in history, one man is coming forward with tangible evidence that he claims is proof of an alien intelligence visiting Earth. Dr. Roger Lear is a surgeon from Southern California who has been performing operations on patients for over 30 years. Uh, so far, eight surgeries have been uh, performed and uh, with the eight surgeries we have removed nine objects. The commonality, of course, is that the, all the individuals are subjects of the alien abduction phenomena. In 1996, he performed one of the first surgeries to remove an alien implant from the jaw of an alleged abductee. What you are about to see is the actual video of the first implant being removed. Oh, gnarly! <laughs> I can oh help. my gosh, <laughs> I couldn't help but use the <laughs> spicoli on. I've seen flight. the video and yeah. it is gnarly. Is it really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were showing a piece of it where the skin's you know whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Roger Lear recently passed away, unfortunately. Oh, really? He's a podi podiatric a foot surgeon, and he was a total skeptic. And uh, he took something out of someone, and um, he thought, wow, this is weird. And uh, and so these pieces exist. There hasn't been a lot of research done on the metals. Unfortunately, there needs to be more. But um, he was convinced that they were uh, strange because, you know, most things, you get a rock in your body and your body rejects it. Right. He said these had some sort of coating where your body wouldn't reject mm. it. And he felt that they seemed um, to have some sort of mechanics. Now, what some people have pointed out, which is strange, is they're large. They're larger than our own implants that we would implant for something similar, like into an animal. Uh, you know, ours are about the size of a piece of rice, whereas these things were bigger. So why is their technology not any better than ours? But, of course, if they were some sort of technology. Maybe it does more stuff. Exactly. It could do more stuff. Or the antenna has to be bigger to broadcast it. <laughs> Any of those could be possibilities. Going to Neptune or something. Well, I mean, they covered it in the X-Files, and they were they felt these implants were like changing people into aliens or something. So. Yeah, extra features. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's always thoughts that we already are. Maybe there's also aliens walking among us, you know, mm -hmm. as we uh, stand here today. But uh, the show that you're listening to right now is... Aliens. With gas and the extraterrestrial rock show mixing in a little rock and roll music with alien themes and then discussing some of the alien topics as well that are uh, on, on target right now. And we got the UFO Congress happening, ufocongress.com. And it is the 26th anniversary of it, you know, 26th you know, version of it. Yeah. And it's happening over at the Weekapaw Resort in Fountain Hills. And it's got a bunch of really cool uh, speakers and, and, and films. And, you know, for more information, again, ufocongress.com. Alejandro Rojas, you've been a part of it for a long time. Yeah. I've been, I've been, I volunteered for a few years, and then I've been running it for about um, 
Uh, was it like six years now? So uh, for a while. So right on. Well, before we went to the break, yeah, I had to remember or remind you to remember what we were <laughs> that story. Oh, the remote, remote view. Yes, remote viewing. I want to hear. So it. this is weird. One of our speakers is is Colonel John Alexander. Uh, he was an army colonel. Uh, he worked in intelligence, and he's like an expert on non-lethal uh, weapons. And he still he'll go to cruises. Uh, these defense companies will have these cruises. How nice would that be? And then they have guest speakers talk about different defense technologies and stuff. What? And he does this sort of thing. Isn't that <laughs> really? crazy? I know. Who knew? So well, you um, knew. <laughs> the reason know. I bring him up is because he uh, is someone associated with this because he's been part of these experiments, but uh, so have others. He didn't actually do any remote viewing. What is remote viewing? Essentially, it's a procedure to teach you how to be psychic. So the government really did. Uh, they, they hired a psychic, Ingo Swan, and they tested and they felt maybe he was able to, what they call remote view, see things at a distance um, in order to gain uh, intelligence. So he had people trained to do this. What is really weird about it is over time, these individuals were asked to uh, remote view UFOs and or um, aliens. And although all of them were skeptical, pretty much every single one of them has said that they did see aliens and UFOs and stuff like this. Whoa. Just out so, in the open? As, well, or? they have different things, not necessarily. So for instance, they they're, when you're given something to remote view, so someone will be handed an object. It's, they call it double blind, where the person hands the controller. Let's say it's me. Let's say you two are the remote viewers. You know, some agency will hand me an envelope and say, remote view what's in here. Then I take the envelope. I can't look what's in it. All I can do is take that envelope and say, okay, this is case XYZ, and then put the protocol, have you guys go into a room and say, okay, I want you to remote view information about XYZ. You would go through your protocol, write down what ideas you get about it. I would take that and hand that off to the agency. They would do what they need to do with that. Um, sometimes they said that the best remote viewers were accurate 20% of the time. So... You know, you think, well, how is that helpful? Over time, they felt it wasn't helpful, and they closed the program down. However, if it's a cold case, and you've got a 20% chance of getting some more information, why not try it out? So right. these agencies yeah. were really trying it out. Um, and the best remote viewers were asked, you know, over because they would practice different stuff, to look for uh, UFOs and aliens. And they would see, for instance, they would look at uh, a picture of a UFO, and say, is this real? You know, what do you get from this? And they would say, I see beings in this craft. Or So we had one come a few years ago. One of the main guys, Joe McMonagle, you can find his books out there where he talks about the Stargate program, these programs he was involved with to do this. He believes aliens are among us. I mean, this is a guy who remote viewed for the government. The reason we brought it up in relation to the film festival is that one of the films we're going to be showing is from uh, a guy named Ed, uh, Major Ed Dames. He's one of these remote viewers, and he created a documentary recently, and I think we're going to premiere it. I don't think you can see it elsewhere. Nice. But we're going to be showing this, and uh, then it's going to be purchasable soon if, if it isn't already. But he talks about he's exposing the agenda, he says, the agenda of the aliens that he feels he's remote viewed. The difficult part... And Joe McMonagall and others have talked about this. Is you, you really, when you're remote viewing, you should have 
confirmation. You know, if you're only accurate 20% of the time, you need to know. So when you're remote viewing an unknown, you never know if you're right. It could be the 80%. It could be the 20%. Right. right. Like maybe if they knew the 20% that they were right, yeah. that could help them focus more and yeah. use whatever techniques they're using to get that 20% yeah. to get a higher percentage. Interesting. So. Well, we did a story on Ingo Swan, actually. Oh, you did? Yes, we did. Uh-huh. And we talked about his abduction, more or less, by a couple uh, men in black mm-hmm. taken to the forest. And they actually saw a UFO over water, suck up the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, even, they were the, the they were shooting lasers outside in the forest, maybe killing things that were moving around. As he was told, they shouldn't move at all. They will detect you and they'll, you know. Hmm. But, yeah, so that's something, a story that he that we yeah. read about on the, on the program yeah. not too long ago. So Yeah, he believes uh, the, the similar thing. So that's what's weird is that it's one thing that the Army did this. It's another thing that all of these gentlemen believe that they've been able to remote view information about UFOs and aliens and right. that aliens are real and they even have some sort of understanding of their agendas. And uh, Well, is yeah. it the same agenda from Hollow Earth? <laughs> well, know? that's the other problem, and that's what I was going to bring up is that the agendas and the stories are all different. That's the hard part when it comes to people who claim to speak to aliens. Uh, it's one of the reasons we don't have typically people who claim to speak to aliens at our conference. We have researchers who research that, and we're going to have several. In fact, we're going to have a, a therapist, a hypnotherapist, and a social uh, someone who's a social worker. We're going to have a neuroscientist who's interviewed a bunch of these people. Cool. And they believe there's something to it. But when you listen to their stories, they're not the same. So, you know, the, the whatever's visiting us is different. The agendas are different. So how do you, you know, well, how, how do you— What if we're being fought over? Well, that's, that's another theory that... But the problem is, you know, there'll be one person who'll say, oh, the reptilians are here and they're evil and they're bad and they're sucking our blood. Another person will say, no, I work with the reptilians. They're great. They're awesome. They're the best. <laughs> well, I was going to say you there's know. a thousand different, you know, I'm sure more than that, uh, species out there. You know, we're dealing with what, the, what NASA says is about 87 of them. I, think, I don't know if that number was correct or not. But, but they'll get teed off at each other. So, like, especially the most popular... People who are allegedly talking to aliens will right. be like, I'm the only one talking right. to aliens. The aliens tell me these guys are all full of crap. <laughs> but, and when you've got, you know, oh five gosh. or six of these, and that's what's hard. You know, you'll right. go to a conference and you'll have a few of these guys all saying the same thing, all saying, I'm talking to aliens. No one else is. Mm. They're good. They're helping us out. The next right. guy will say they're evil. They want to kill us. I'm the only one who knows. These other guys are full of it. So, I mean, how do you walk away from it? What's strange is a lot of people will walk away believing everybody. And uh, and then when you're skeptical, they're like, well, what about what he says? Well, what about what he says? And I'll say, how can you believe all of them if right. they're saying something different? But why would extraterrestrials only talk to one person, first of all? Yeah. Like, I mean. Seriously. Isn't that like Jesus talking to somebody? <laughs> the, yeah. the guy walking down the street, you know, oh, Jesus is telling me this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. I mean, is that like the same? I mean, should aliens be hitting ever as many people as possible or do they have to select one person to be their spokesperson? Yeah, I don't, you know, that's the hard part because if something like that is really going on, what would it be? And it could be that they're sending us good vibes or, you know, they're sending some sort of kind of message that we kind of in our subconscious get, but we don't know how to articulate. So we're all kind of translating it differently. Uh, That that's a possibility, I suppose. Um, Sure. 
I, I think that's kind of how religion spawn is from these similar ideas and feelings we right. have that are translated differently. Um, so, but I mean, for the most part, aren't the messages? I mean, for the same to a certain degree, the general, the generality of the messages. They came just, from space. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's, 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 just Thanks be, for that, Dave. Just be cool with each other. Be nice to each other. Love no, each other. No, they're not no? all necessarily like that. But uh, I mean, some are like that. Some aren't. But. Um, uh, I mean, they used to be like that. And that's another thing is it's, it's kind of changed. There's a scene in Easy Rider where <laughs> they're all getting stoned. And um, oh, right. who was it? <laughs> yeah, you like the story date. And it's funny because one of the characters, ah, oh, man, he was a high school kid in it. Real popular actor. I can't remember his name. Well, it's Peter. Was it Peter Fonda? No, he's the one that says, you, you can't handle the truth. That oh, guy. N- Nicholson. Guy? Yeah, Nicholson's in it. He plays a high school <laughs> guy, and he's telling them about aliens, and, and uh, you know they're like, oh, I don't know about this. Clip. But it, it's an exactly awesome clip. You've got to see this I clip. I will get it, yes. And he's talking about, no, the aliens are here, and they, they're really good. They, they just want us, you know, we're destroying our environment, and we're in these wars, and we need to be better with each other. All of this kind of common sense type of stuff that right. he's saying the aliens said. And that, in the 50s, there was a big contact movement where all these people were saying they were talking to aliens, and the message was was really similar around that theme. Um, and there are some religions, I'm going to talk about one that spawned from that period of time. And, you know, as religions go, personally, it seems like a cool one. I mean, you know, they're all <laughs> peace and love right. and they're all really open. So cool. Um, but uh, the message has changed, especially with this idea of abductions and people being stolen out of their bed. And while some of those people come to a piece and say, oh, they're just trying to help out, you know, they're just doing their job or whatever, there's still another group. We had a historian um, last year who talked about, no, they're trying to infiltrate and, you know, they're trying to take over and they're building these hybrids. They're going to take over our planet and all of this stuff. I remember stuff, that so. talk. Yeah, Dr. <laughs> yeah. David Jacobs. That one stuck in my brain. And Bud Hopkins <laughs> is a guy he used to work with who's really popular in, this, in, in that arena um, he passed away, but you know he's had movies that were made out of his work and stuff like that. Wow. So, dude, I'm so glad you joined us today. This is great. This yeah. is awesome. In a couple of weeks, you can see him perform his, perform his speech. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What day of? I'm gonna be Congress going on Thursday morning right. at like nine o'clock. Otherwise, I host the whole thing, so I moderate like a government panel where we'll have those two colonels, another guy who works with the FAA. And the grandfather of ufology, Stan Friedman, who yes. is a, a nuclear physicist, and uh, he's the guy who broke the Roswell story. Right. And uh, older gentleman. And uh, We want him on, on the show again, so because uh, oh, Heidi, yeah. Heidi's yeah. going to tell him that disclosure's coming. <laughs> yeah. Because when we, he was on our show last year, we asked him about disclosure, and he's like, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Oh, we have some good – well, yeah. you know, we've got some stories uh, lately, and they have to do with rock and roll. Tom DeLong, Yes. Who essentially quit Blink-182 Blink to yeah. go research he's UFOs. He's in town actually. And uh, um, we're going to have a special message from him. That's kind of like – Oh, awesome. Oh, really? DL kind of. Well, so. we want to get him on this show. Yeah. That he won't be in town, unfortunately. Well, he might. He's been to the conference before. And uh, he allegedly, which has come out this, and we've written a lot about it, he has been saying he's been working with government insiders mm. uh, about the, the fact that the government has back-engineered alien technology, he says. 
everybody's kind of been rolling their eyes. And unfortunately, in this field, a lot of people do that. And, you know, uh, he's a cool dude. We've interviewed him, and I've kept an eye on it. But when John Podesta's emails were leaked, he was the campaign manager right. for Hillary, you know, the whole thing there. Yes. John Podesta's really into UFOs. He was talking with Tom DeLonge. And John Podesta created a meeting with Tom DeLonge, with a guy who was the uh, worked for the commander of Space Command. We really have an Air Force Space Command. Uh, a general who was in charge of the labs at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, and an executive vice president for Lockheed Martin Skunk Works. And these are the guys who run wow. Area 51. Mm. So he put this meeting together to talk about UFOs and um, – Tom DeLong has been working with some of these guys. I mean, if you read these emails, and we've got it outlined at openminds.tv, you can see it there, how it turns out Tom DeLong has really been talking to these guys. Why the hell wow. are these guys talking to Tom DeLong when right. he's out how here trying happen? to— and, and Tom DeLong's out here roll, trying to say that, you know, that the government has All this UFOs and alien yeah. technology. So. Why would they work with him? It's Dude, a real crazy. I'm going to be so pissed off if they if we can find out we can fly and we can, I know. you know, live without having to pay SRP. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we already know we can do that. Yeah, I know they just don't let, let us. us. All right, well, let's do this. Let's play a real quick tune. It's only a couple minutes long. It's they might be giants. The Ballad of Davy Crockett in outer space. <laughs> and then we'll come back. We'll wrap up the program here on Aliens with Gas. Davy Crockett. Traveling through outer space Reborn in the stratosphere and Saturn bound Flying fast and miles off the ground Jumped from the spaceship just to look around And shot off his gun without making a sound Davy, Davy Crockett King of this brand new place Davy, Davy Crockett Traveling through outer space Off went his rocket at the speed of light Flying so fast there was no day or night Messing around with the fabric of time He knows who's guilty for there's even a crime Davy, Davy Crockett, the buckskin astronaut. Davy, Davy Crockett, there's more than we were taught. Hiding in the cargo was a robot drone, programmed to destroy Davy's spaceship home. Davy switched out his brains, now the drone's a dog clone. Named him Copernicus and threw him a bone. Davy, Davy. King of this brand new place Davy, Davy Crockett Traveling through outer space Davy, Davy Crockett King of this brand new place Davy, Davy Crockett Traveling through outer space. Aliens. 
with gas. They might be giants. I really dig that. <laughs> Those guys have a ton of ton more of uh, songs about space as well. So that's what the show's all about. The Extraterrestrial Rock Show, broadcasting now live on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. That is specific time, so make sure you check that correctly. And then this show, Aliens with Gas, will be re-aired tomorrow night on the radio on 99.1 FM and 93.9 FM in Phoenix, Arizona. And then you'll be able to find us online for the podcast version. Just check out alienswithgas.com. There are two S's there, alienswithgas.com. Dave Saver Wisniewski has been with us here. Thank you for hanging, Dave. Yep, glad to be here. Alejandro Rojas from openminds.tv. Yep. Thank you so much, man. UFO Congress. My pleasure. Yeah, UFO, UFOcongress.com. The 26th UFO Congress is happening at Wicopal Resort in Fountain Hills on the 15th of February through the 19th. It is a Wednesday through Sunday. And if you want to go, check out, again, openminds.tv or UFOcongress.com for more information on that. Heidi. It's awesome. So if you're interested in it whatsoever, I totally recommend it. Yes. And you don't have to, you know, get every day's tickets, even though you probably should. Because you'll wish you had. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you can, if, you, if you've only got a few bucks, you can go see half a day. Mm-hmm. Pick your favorite day you want to see speakers. Yeah. You can go in the morning, you can go in the evening. Uh, just come hang out and look at the schedule and figure it out. No problem. The whole place, we sell out the uh, Wikipa Resort. This year in October. Wow. So the whole place awesome. is That's just great. UFO people. I know the Roswell one. I was there. We drove, drove through Roswell, I think, in March. And I was talking to the people there like, yeah, if you want to be in our July event, you better book it the year before, <laughs> like the right after it's done. So you guys are getting there as well. That's great. Oh, yeah. Congratulations on that. All right. So we have a few minutes left, Heidi. And okay. uh, last week, Heidi and I, Saturday, we did a little photo shoot. We have a new <laughs> image for the show. <laughs> um, it's us with little gas masks on. And it's like, really cool. Heidi did some really cool graphics for it. You can find it on Thank our you. Aliens with Gas page. Awesome but um, Heidi found a little anomaly with the picture. Yeah. Um, I was just showing Alejandro a second ago. So the... These photos were taken by Kevin's former roommate. Yes, Kara. Thanks, Kara. Um, Electric eye photog, by the way. Go ahead. Um, and she, you know, was rapid firing these things. And there's two, you know, that are us right next to each other. And you can see there's something there. So my whole thing was, okay, one of my friends was like, okay, the airlines are right there. And I'm like, true. But I look up at the sky all the time. And if there's an airplane catching light, it isn't gone in this click of a snap of a right. photo snap. That's my thing. Right. So then I started like messing with the colors, and that's when it like really came out a lot more and stood out. There's so we'll post yeah. some of the aliens with gas uh, Facebook page. Yeah, I haven't shared it yet. And yeah, we'll have to make sure so she's not crazy before we post them. so all right so one more thing here we're on instagram it's aliens with gas there's two s's of course and we we like to follow people not we don't like to follow everyone but we want to follow like-minded pages that show the universe space aliens whatever so this one is called oh my gosh this one's called universal minds and it's a dude who likes pictures of the universe. I'm like, that's cool. Follow him. Now, occasionally, he'll throw a photo of himself in there, maybe with his girlfriend and what have you. And I'm like, whatever. It's all good. So <laughs> so, the, so the other day, I'm, I'm scrolling through the photos. And there's Universal Minds. And there's a picture of the universe. Not cool. Then there's another one from Universal Minds. And as I'm scrolling down, it's this dude with no shirt. Scrolling out further. No, nothing. The guy is naked. And, <laughs> wow. and talk about feeling inadequate, man. This guy, I mean, like, this, like, like guys with small don't 
<laughs> don't put a picture of themselves on the internet. This guy was like a, a weird, like, oh my God, you are an alien man. I think it was so bizarre. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Then it says nudity is art. And then some, something about the chakras. Yeah, when like you're that. well endowed. It's- well, well, this isn't this well endowed. This is like freaky, weird looking <laughs> thing. <laughs> right. so leg. I, I text, so I have unfollowed him immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin was like, you know, in shock. Like, I, I ain't having any of that. <laughs> and I, I texted Heidi right away. I was like, I had to follow him. He, he, sent, his, he sent a picture of his space junk. <laughs> <laughs> it was really like, oh, ah, it was That's not. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I missed that one. I, Kevin saved me from that, so thank you. I, yeah, <laughs> I just, I just, I just, you know, look. I mean, I, you're proud. That's fine. Everything like that, bro. But still, maybe dude. it was photoshopped. You know, all this stuff is all photoshopped. It was pretty yeah. scary, man. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> if I was gonna uh, put a picture of myself naked out there, I wouldn't want it photoshopped. <laughs> well, in that yeah. manner, it would have to be photoshopped. Yeah. I mean, get a donkey part and you know photoshop it in there. And, right. Uh, I'd have more. I'd have, I'd have more. Um, say an appreciation, but more of a uh, like a good for you guy. If it was a small teeny one, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's brave. Yeah, that's that's brave. truly brave. There's courage. All right, that's the way it's gonna end today. Thank you, Alejandro. Oh, Thank you so much. My pleasure. OpenMinds.tv, uh, UFOCongress.com. Heidi, go uh, check it out. Yeah, AliensWithGas.com is your one-stop shop. Uh, Dave Savers with, with Nuski has been with us today. Thank you to, for hanging with us. And you guys are going to be there at the conference the whole time, right? I'm going to try as much, best I can be there awesome. every single day. Yes. I'll be there the Sweet. whole time. Absolutely. Dave, thank you so much for hanging. Thanks for having me, man. All right, man. You guys, everyone else, we'll be back next Saturday right here on VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel for another episode of Aliens With Gas. Man. Fuck! What? Fuck! Oh, God. Oh, man.